ampersands. Known for being and signs. Famous for that. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why ampersands are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guests today are Kat Angus and John Cullen. Kat Angus is a writer and a hilarious podcaster. Kat co-hosts the podcast entitled I Hate It But I Love It, which has the amazing nickname I Hi Bailai. That's a show where Kat and her co-host Jocelyn Getty explore pop culture that gives you both those feelings. Also, you can swing by catangus.substack.com for her fantastic newsletter. It's called Cat Watches Everything. Of course, there are links in the episode links. And John Cullen is a hilarious stand-up comedian. He has a great album called Long Stories for No Reason. It's that and more. John also does a ton of great podcasting. He co-hosts a show called Blocked Party. And on Blocked Party, John and his co-host Stefan Heck bring on a guest to talk about the most significant time that guest got blocked on social media, usually Twitter. John and Stefan and guests are all very funny. And then also the, the show goes tons of directions beyond that block, too. John also hosts and guests on tons of other shows, too. And as you will hear, Kat and John are both perfect guests for this podcast. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Kat recorded this on the traditional land of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabek, Mississauga, and Wendat peoples. Acknowledge John recorded this on the traditional land of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about ampersands also known as the and sign. Straightforward topic. We had a blast exploring it. Please sit back or contort your body into an ampersand shape because you are impressively flexible. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Kat Angus and John Cullen. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. John, it is so good to have you here, and I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about ampersands? I love them. I think they're so cool looking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Strong pro right away. I love it. Yes, absolutely. When I was younger, you know when there's like a gap when you're younger when like you know something is a thing, but you don't know what it's called? Uh, Yeah. So I would always call it the and snake. And then when I started taking musical uh, music lessons, I ended up like calling it the treble clef. And my parents had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, and like, 
I went through that phase of like trying to make my handwriting really cool. Like some people do like hearts over the eyes and I was just doing ampersands every time. And my t- my like grade three teacher was like, you have to write the word and you can't just keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, I, I had a similar experience as well. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like Kat feels like she's very excited about the ampersand. So I would like to just be clear I'm like a moderate level of excited. I'm not like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm the same. I was the same as Cat. I think um, part of it was like being uh, in the gifted program, probably. Uh, mm. You know, yeah. it's just you're very stupid, and so it felt like for some. It's very funny. Like it felt like the ampersand was like elevated. Like it was like, ooh, could I? Because I feel like I, it was like a foreign symbol to me. But then as soon as I sort of learned how to like draw it out, it was like, oh, it's actually not that hard to draw once you, it's kind of like a cursive L almost. It's like not that hard to do. So I feel like once I learned how to do it, I was similar to Kat where I started doing it all the time. But I think it was because I thought that it was like impressive when it's not really it's just like a shortcut but i feel like i was like oh yeah this is so cool you know i I, this they show this up first in the wheel of fortune puzzles uh i'm so cool now And I'm a big fan of like punctuation that like combines two things. Like this combines sort of the E and the T for et. And then I'm also a big yes. fan of the interrobang. So like any punctuation that just mashes two things together, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, that's cool that I, until researching this, I did not know that it's an E and a T put together. I don't know if you knew that, John, but I, I had no idea until looking no, at it. No, no, no. Do not, I mean, please do not expect me to know anything about the history <laughs> of the ampersand. Like, already I'm intimidated. Kat's like, well, it's a combination of an E and a T. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was just like, right. here I am. I'm like, it looks like a cursive L. And Kat's like, actually, it's a unity. Uh, so. <laughs> Which is great. That's what we need on this podcast. Because I'm. When I told my friends I was going to be on about punctuation, they were like, well, that's perfect. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I think I, I remember learning it as the and sign and then i think feel like i have a memory of learning the name ampersand and being like no that's too fancy i don't i I like it i don't want to call it that forget it (laughs) and it already has the word and in there you're just adding some extra letters on it at first it's so long yeah i don't have time for that ampersand get out of here I think I was the I think I was the opposite. I was like, oh, most of my classmates and stuff won't know that it's called the ampersand, but I know. <laughs> so like, haha, you know, like, oh. oh, are you gonna are you gonna do you use ampersands in your writing? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's the and sign. <laughs> All the kids at school might hate me, but that's just because I'm too good for them because yeah. I know the word ampersand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Right. I keep telling my peers I'm too good for them, and they're all yeah. mad about it for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> of course these, these pores don't get me. <laughs> yeah. You guys, it seems like you guys picked up the vibe immediately, so that's good. Oh. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> we all understand it's not each just other. Reckon, it's, it's seeing a little bit of myself in you, John. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hey, I'm not afraid it's... to say it. Low self-esteem, but an unearned self of right self righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically that's basically the gifted uh, slogan uh-huh. right there. Yep. That's pretty yep. much what it is. Yeah, <laughs> they tell me I'm smart, and that's all I have going for me. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, that's <laughs> and, about it. Yep. 
And I'm way dumber now. I think I was smarter as a kid. And now I'm actually dumb. I'm like 36 and I'm dumb now. And I'm still like, ah, but there was the those sweet four years where I went to a different school. <laughs> I should say I was in the gifted program. And in grade school, it started out as like mm-hmm. the same school. But for part of one day a week, you go to a different room with just the gifted kids. And it was great because it was more exciting activities and then also more exciting computer games. The computer games in their lab, amazing. Really, really good. Uh, Like Zoom beanies, get out of here. Really fun. Nice. Yeah, we, um, I, so I live in Vancouver now and that is what, in Vancouver, it's exactly that. It's like if you're gifted or whatever, they just, yeah, it's like one day a week or half a day a week and they take you out of your regular school. But I grew up in Ontario and I Mm. actually went to like a magnet school for it. So it was just like a regular, it was a regular public school in the district, but they had the gifted program housed in the school. So I actually like took a short bus every day and went went to (laughs) it. I was stupid because because I, I could walk to my elementary, like my parents, we lived like a three minute walk from my elementary school, like one block away from my elementary school. And I had to take a bus an hour each way every day <laughs> no. to go to this. Uh, yeah. To go to the gift. John, school. are you me? Cause that is exactly what happened. Yeah. In Ontario, we, I, yeah, I took like, I was in the gifted program. So every class I took was, was in the gifted part of it. Yeah. Uh, and I had left French immersion to take gifted and now Whoa. I don't know French very well anymore and i'm like i should have just stayed in french immersion yeah that was a bad trade that you made <laughs> absolutely gonna, yeah, it was sure. <laughs> nobody on the on like job postings are like must be fluent in the gifted program in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point yeah i guess you, you can't even really put that on your resume there's no you way can't. of being nobody like cares. yeah no one cares at all yeah <laughs> It it would be great if in like Montreal and Paris and stuff they gave a hero's welcome to English speaking gifted students. I would love that. Like <laughs> like a parade through the arch in Paris, you know. Well, yeah, it's very nice to have you here. Come on in. Thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and yeah, and the ampersand, it's it is amazing that I, I really didn't know it's an ENT. I just thought it was a special and sign that I knew about. But we'll get into why that is and so much more. Love it. Because on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. This week, that's in a segment called, Hey, I Just Met You, and This is Crazy, So Here's Some Numbers, Statistic Call Me Maybe. <laughs> and uh, that name was submitted by at PeaceOuch3 on Twitter. Thank you, at PeaceOuch3. We have a new name for this every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. That's awesome. That was a good one. I feel like they just wanted you to sing. Do you sing it normally? Is it normally like a sing thing? Pretty frequently, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I was going to say, it felt like you were really... The name, I'll be honest, it wasn't like the best like combination of words so i was like you know what i think they just want alex to sing that felt like what <laughs> what, what they were really going for i love the combination of words <laughs> thought it was fantastic okay some debate here great uh yeah we, we've wiped out a lot of the world's songs so far so they're you know they're, they're pulling what they can i think yeah uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a couple numbers here about the ampersand and the first one is just about the english language it is fifth and fifth is the ranking of the word and in Oxford Dictionary's ranking of the most commonly used words in the English language. And it's it's unclear to me from how they wrote it up if ampersand counts for and, 
But in case people are curious, in 2011, they analyzed the Oxford English corpus of all the texts they can find that have ever been written. And and came in fifth behind the words of, to, be, and then the number one word is the. Uh, it's all the tiny words. Can never overcome the champion. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought and was higher. Yeah, exactly. I would have thought and was higher than fifth. I would have put and above some of those ones you just said. In my mind. Right. Of seems strange to me as number four. Yes, I agree. That's I that's agree. maybe it's like a holdover from the from night times. Oh, John Cullen of Vancouver, <laughs> Sir Cullen, you know, where it's all the history books are just spamming the word of and screwing us all over. I feel like the word of is just a word you, like you don't notice at all. And it's so like it just sneaks right in there. Yeah, Yeah, if I try to think of how it's used, I think of European nobles, which is not a thing that comes up a lot. (laughs) Yeah, How is that the main touchstone? That's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I said I think of European nobles. Now I'm way in my head about everything. There you go. See, there you go. Now, every time you say of for the next like 48 hours, you're going to be like, you know what? I do (laughs) use it a lot. John was wrong. We should, we're in, it's a great word. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so and there's tons of opportunities to use an ampersand because it's the the fifth most common word in the whole language. Next number here, I I had never like thought about this phenomenon, but the next number is 2001. And 2001 is the year of the premiere of the first ampersand shirt, like the one where it's a list of names and it's an ampersand oh. after each one. Oh. I I just saw those on people all of a sudden and it turns out in 2001 that was the first time those came out. What was Did the first we know? Topic I was just gonna ask it. that. Yeah. Yeah. This was it was a Dutch uh, shirt design shop called Experimental Jet Set, and they were trying to think of a way to do a Beatles shirt. I was gonna guess like, Beatles. The Beatles was gonna be my first guess, actually. So that makes sense. Yeah. John and Paul and George and Ringo. You know, cool. Exactly. Yeah. And, well, and also they the order was actually John ampersand Paul ampersand Ringo ampersand George. And and apparent the the sources are fuzzy. That's some controversial ordering right there. Yeah, I feel like putting Ringo last felt like the thing I was most sure about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so it turns out it's like a graphic design how the letters line up choice. Because originally the shirt was just going to be their four names. And then they felt like George's name is way too long. And so they put George at the bottom and stuck ampersands on the other three to, like, make the lines more even. I was wondering if it was kind of like a similar thing to how in uh, TV credits, somebody special gets the and oh. credit at the end of it. And it's, George is like, I get the and credit right at the end. They're like, we all get the and credit. Relax. <laughs> like when like when a, a famous actor is a side character and then they're the last one. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like with Ellen Burstyn or whoever, and then, <laughs> and then somebody else. And Alec Baldwin or something like that. Yeah. That's the other, we I won't really spend time on it, but there's, I think like Hollywood people know that there's the system where if there's an ampersand between two writers' names, that means they're an actual team. And if it's the word and, it just means they like, we're both involved, but separately. There's a lot of ands and ampersands going on in credits in a big way. Cool. I never knew that before. Yeah, if it's name ampersand name, they're like a team. Like they spent the whole time together and sometimes they split pay, you know, like they only get one writer's pay. 
but if it's the word and is that how that works if you're a team you have to split one salary i think in tv I'll double check that. I'll cut this that's if that's not bonkers. true. But uh but yeah, it's it's pretty aggressive. It's like we can hire either this one person or this ampersand. That's how they'll talk about it. Huh. Oh, that's right. see and then that seems like if you're a writer, you you messed up. You got to pretend <laughs> you got to have a, like a pretend fight. Yeah, we worked together for the first five years of our career, but now we are strictly not an ampersand. But like, wink, wink, right. yeah. you know. So you'll have to pay both of us a full yes, salary. Exactly. And wink, we wink. certainly yeah. won't work together anymore. No, definitely not. We. I hate him. Curse his wife. You know, or whatever you say. <laughs> I want to make him feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> These are tremendous clean fights, and I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Curse's wife, indeed. Uh, yes, uh, but and uh, the last number here, and this is this is sort of another trend thing. It's not really a stat, but the last number is fifty-six, and fifty-six is the number of different examples in one article of like ampersand-based fashion brand names. Oh, this was a an article in twenty sixteen, and they were say they were writing about a. Like trend, especially in the 2010s, where fancy companies and fashion companies, they just pick a name where it's name ampersand name, and it's kind of random words. Mm. And this this author, Rebecca Jennings at Rack.com, listed 56 different examples at that time with links to shop, including Stella and Bow, Sky and Staghorn, Larkspur and Hawk. Uh, Zadig and Voltaire. They're they're all. I won't list them all. They're all just like thing ampersand thing to seem fancy. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I would fall for it. <laughs> <laughs> just one of you. I'm not buying anything from you. Oh, you got a friend? Here's all my money. Yeah. <laughs> Your friend's name is Larkspur. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Voltaire. Voltaire. You must read. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I did. I think I purchased something from Bowl Ampersand Branch one time. Like, there's a bunch of these. It, it's a it's a thing that we'll also link a, a Vox.com interview with uh, somebody named Rachel Bernard, who is a professional brand name creator. Oh. And in 2019, she said that she had strong negative feelings about quote that faux heritage ram- random word ampersand random word style of name. I hardly see any of that anymore. Thank goodness. End quote. Wow. It's just a low key thing in internet shopping going on mm. for the past decade. Yeah, I'll say that was like that felt like a like oh that 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 felt like a direct attack on the brand manager who like came up with that. Like she's still a little bit <laughs> frosty that she wasn't the one who came up with name ampersand name. Like, oh thank God that trend is over. I mean that would <laughs> are you kidding me with this? You know, it was like a Real Backstreet Boys in sync kind of. Oh, thank God the boy band era is over. No one liked that anyway. Yeah. You know, says the person who manages singer songwriters. And then one and direction shows up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I feel like we'll keep seeing name ampersand name for companies all over the place. Oh, it'll make a comeback. It'll cut. It, even if it's gone, it's coming back. Yeah. yeah. It does. It does have that feel of like, it just feels natural in some way. Like, I, I don't know why. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I agree with the sort of feeling uh, like Kat was saying, it just, you know, there's something about it that is, that is rewarding or, or makes you feel like it's more credible, even though that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything often. Yeah. Like there's two of them. They must be tolerable to be around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? They must be nice. They've got a yeah. friend. That's they so like cool. each other and respect each other enough to go into business together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And we don't, we don't, we're not privy to how hard they fought over who was going first in the in the name situation. So we don't, we just assume it was very agreeable and everyone was happy. But then once they came up with the name, the fe- the friendship fell apart Big behind time. the scenes. <laughs> Things are bad. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> well, I'm just second in the name. You do it mm-hmm. all the time, just constantly. <laughs> Listen, someone else wanted to be first, so. Get to work, Larkspur. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and those are the stats and numbers. Now there's three big takeaways about the ampersand, especially the history of it. Going into takeaway number one. The ampersand symbol is the Latin word for and. And this this is a pretty brief part of the show. But uh, that that letter E and letter T, that is Latin for and. That's where it comes from. Whoa. I think that's one of the, that might be the only thing I retained from grade nine Latin class. So. Oh, you took Latin. Wow. Uh, that is all I have retained. It was a very boring class. That's wild. I, I didn't know any, I didn't know that. I mean, I think I knew the Latin word for and was ET, but I didn't know. Again, like I said, this is new knowledge to me that this is an E and a T together. So I'm seeing it now. I'm looking at the pictures you sent us and now I'm like, oh, it is an E and a T. Yeah, it turns out like there with a lot of fonts, there's a regular version and an italic version and not just italics where it tilts, but where it's actually kind of different. And so we'll have pictures linked for people. If you look at the like special italic version of a lot of fonts, the ampersand tends to be a pretty clear like letter E running into a letter T. Yeah, because I, I think of it as like the traditional sort of like it doesn't look like an E and a T really. Because uh, it's yeah. got the line, the diagonal line that sort of runs through the whole thing. But now, but yeah. Yeah, it looks like a curled up snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ampersand snake, yes. But th- but yes, like seeing this one, especially that you sent with the like eight pictures of the different ampersands, I'm like, God, it feels like when you find out there's a, the, an arrow in the FedEx logo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like a, but like an actual smart version of it where you're like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. They do get real fancy with these t's and some of these yes fonts. i know i like, know relax it's we incredible. get it it's a t <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently i'm i'm not a big like typography person but apparently font designers and typography designers like they'll do all the their letters and then it's like my magnum opus is the the ampersand <laughs> of this font like this is what i really this is what they'll remember me for that this bit i mean I want to laugh at them, but if I did typography, I'd be all in on that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these. The, like, this is where I, my creative juices finally get flowing. That's yeah. what people will be hacking on you about. Like other typographers will be like, I mean, Kat Anga, when's she going to start thinking about the letters? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, sure. She can do a great question mark, but look at those B's and D's. Horrific. <laughs> Some of us use words for a living, right? Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come yeah, exactly. on. <laughs> I won't stop until it's all punctuation marks. That's wingdings, isn't it? Isn't wingdings basically? <laughs> That's like the equivalent of all punctuation marks, I feel I like. No, wingdings is like clip art. Well, it's like faces and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just feel like that's sort of the equivalent of like, oh, we got to learn <laughs> what all of these symbols mean. I mean, that's just learning to read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a different language where the language sure. is emojis. 
<laughs> That's the dream, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> this background of it got a couple sources here. One of them is a book about fonts. It's called Just My Type by Simon Garfield. Uh, also the Smithsonian Archives. And then a piece from Fast Company. But the the Latin word et, which is spelled E-T, like, like that phrase et tu brute, like and you brutus, you know. Just E-T, that, that is the Latin word for and. And so we don't know who drew like the first ampersand. We just know that over time, people writing in Latin started running their E together with their T. And eventually it became what's called a ligature, which is combining multiple letters uh, into one symbol. Love it. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, hey, sorry, you said it's a E-T ampersand phone home. All right, guys, this has been really fun. See you guys later. It's been a great time. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys later. We got to go out on top. Yeah. John, come back from that bicycle flying past the moon. Get down here. Okay, all right, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we'll also have a picture linked of, it's like somebody's tracing of it, but the earliest ampersand we know of is from graffiti at Pompeii. Because they preserved all that, and, and somebody wrote what looks like an ET uh, running together with one line in uh, on the wall there. So it's from 79 AD or earlier, because that's when Pompeii was destroyed. Do we know what, like, was it just the ampersand in the graffiti, or were there words around it where they were saying, like, oh. I had sex with your mom and your dad, and that's where the ampersand was? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the sources I have kind of cut that off. I don't know what the context was. I wish I knew. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it is embarrassing like that. Release the Pompeii cut, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) That was their big gang. That was their gang tag or whatever. They're like, they just wrote and on every people are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) The Larkspur and Hawks. They're cool, tough gang in Rome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it is a cool looking. I mean, you would never see this and mistake it for a modern ampersand. Like if you showed no. me that picture and you were like, what punctuation mark is that resembling? We'd be here for a long time. I wouldn't be able to think of it, but it does. Look, but it all. But it also looks cool, though. Like it's got a yes. cool it's got a cool vibe to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, if you hadn't told me this was an ampersand, I'd be like, is this like a cave painting? Is this yeah. like it did, did the like did the Vikings think this represented a horse? Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like a like a dog with a long tail. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and, uh, so a ligature is when you form a glyph by combining multiple letters. And a glyph is any letter or number or any like elemental writing symbol. And then the Smithsonian says an ampersand is also a logogram, because a logogram is one character that represents an entire word. And other examples are the equal sign for the word equals and plus sign for the word plus and dollar sign for a dollar. You know, there, there's a bunch of these. I love punctuation trivia. That's really cool. Yeah, it's just kind of what's going on with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I have a com- I don't have a comment. I'm just like, yeah, good. These are good facts. Yep. Keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keep them coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it's it's an extra thing, but um, there's an article by Kurt Colstead who wrote it for the website for 99% Invisible, and he wrote about at one point there was an internet push to create the Andor Sand, which is an ampersand with like a lowercase r coming off of it because it means and no. or. 
you know? No. No. Oh, I hate I no. hate it. I no. don't care for that. <laughs> nope. I hate I hate it. I mean, I hate it. And I'll tell you why. Here's two reasons. First of all, stupid name. He, mm-hmm. you, the only reason you know this guy thought of it is because he's like, well, this is kind of a cute portmanteau. No, s***s hate it. Uh, number two, <laughs> one of the joys is writing and or. You can make some really great jokes slash inclusions and exclusions by doing the and or thing. So yeah. I don't care for I don't want a whole symbol that someone has to figure out. We don't No, We don't. Need, and you also just don't write it enough where it would be justifiable to have. You know, we all the yeah. numbers are full. What are we going to do? Get rid of the circumflex on the six? No chance. <laughs> it's already in there. It's hard enough to draw an ampersand. Somehow fitting an R yeah. in there would make me furious. Exactly. Have yeah. some respect for Cat and I in grade three trying to draw ampersands. <laughs> yeah. I think I just drew it as like a backwards cursive S all the time. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> I think we all spent too much time making that like S out of the six lines that you connect the points to oh, in yes. elementary school. Yeah, Not soon. enough time on the ampersands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, that and I, I remember like being a kid in school and thinking, okay, whatever Stussy is and whatever 311 is, these are very important to our culture. I need to learn these things. Uh, they're carved into every desk. Need to find out. <laughs> yeah, you should do a, a SIF episode on, on just that S. It's like, well, it was believed Jack Morrow was the first person to draw that on his pencil case in 1994 in Akron, Ohio. Uh... <laughs> Right, but I should just invent all of it. No research. No, yeah, just tall tales. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The other kids thought, hey, that's pretty cool. You know this fact-based podcast that I do that you love? Now I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> Maybe I've been lying the whole time. <laughs> Once you win at Jeopardy, you can tell people anything. <laughs> it's true. No rules. It's great. Um, well, uh, Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like, like really quiet. And try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Uh, from here, we can get into the second takeaway. Takeaway number two. 
there is a secret second version of the ampersand, and it pops up in a few surprising places. There, uh, while they were creating the ampersand, and our, our main source here is a great book called Shady Characters by Keith Houston, which is all about punctuation and symbols. But there's a whole second version also from ancient Rome, and it like competed with the ampersand as that evolved. It was the Betamax of the of the ampersand signs? <laughs> like a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it came a little before it, maybe, and and yeah, it was just a different system. And many people would say the it was vastly superior, but ultimately the ampersand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. RCA has done a pretty sweet version of the ampersand that I'd greatly prefer to this Sony Betamax version. I'm looking forward to the Laserdisc version of the ampersand. Oh, yeah. That one. That's the Andor Sand. The Andor Sand is Laserdisc. No one asked for it. It's too big and clunky, uh, and it only lasted like a year. I wonder if those old media formats... Are, are memorable to super young kids because like I, I had a super memorable experience where I like went to a new friend's basement when I was in high school and their dad had gone all in on Laserdisc and so they had like a custom wooden shelf like showing off all of their Laserdiscs blockbuster shelf style Ooh. with all the covers out and everything and I had fully never heard of that medium when I when I got down there it was a total shock to me <laughs> I have like a very specific memory of my elementary school getting a laser disc machine. Whoa. And and yeah. this was like the like we our class went to the library specifically just to watch a laser disc because it was like <laughs> it was the only machine in the school the librarian wouldn't let it leave the library. So this was like her like pride and joy. I don't know how much money she spent on this thing. But it was like, yeah, we got called down to the library just specifically to watch like a laser disc. And it was just like, this is the future. And I mean, to be fair, a laser disc itself looks incredible. Like it's the size of a record, but looks like a CD. So yeah. when you're a kid, I mean, it's the size of your head, but it's like got that kind of shiny sort of prismy type thing like a CD has. And so you're like, this is, of course, this is the future. This looks like the future. This is incredible. Uh, and then, yeah, it has then a I, whole movie on it or most of one. It has a whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And then you and then you, I never and then I never thought of it again. I, I think that's the only time in my life I've seen or been around a laser disc. I think wow. even in my own school, I never watched a laser disc again. Right. You, you went, <laughs> what if the gifted school had like better media, you know, like, oh, it, laser discs oh, are for them. Forget it. <laughs> I wish it was. It was at my non like my original non gifted school. Oh. Like, I think it was when I was in grade three and then in grade four, I moved to the gifted school. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. The gifted school was like, uh, we can see the future for laser discs and it is not bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, uh, and yeah, there's this like, second model of an ampersand and so it comes from the romans but it comes from the shorthand by one guy and his name was tiro t-i-r-o and we we don't know precisely when he was born but we know he was born into slavery in ancient rome and he was specifically born as a slave in the household of the cicero family and then from there, he there's uh, he proceeded to be the personal secretary of Marcus Tullius Cicero, who's one of the most famous like statesmen, writers, philosophers in ancient Rome. And then Tiro became his secretary, and he invented a massive system of shorthand for like writing down Cicero's words. And so then everyone was super excited about how Tiro did his shorthand because that was how you got Cicero. 
And he had his own version of like an and sign. He did his own thing. That is very cool. Like that, like you're not important, but you're so close to it that you get to ch- sort of change how the language works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like you, wow. you just wrote down such an important guy's words that we're going to use some of the ways you did it. That, that was his situation. I, I imagine that it got very big for like a couple months and then <laughs> someone just walked in and they were like, dude, that's a seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, man. You just did a seven. I mean, I know you think this means and, but this is a seven, bro. I'm sorry, man, but we're not. We're never going to use this again. It's a seven. We already have the numbers, and it looks exactly like this. I'm sorry. This is a joke that right. people who are listening to this are not going to get at all until they Unless see the you look at the until image. they see the source image. But please know that it absolutely is a seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll have a picture, and people almost don't need to see it. His symbol was just a line to the right and then down, and that was and for him was basically a seven shape. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he was writing what he was, what the guy was saying. He wasn't counting. He's like, "What's yeah. a seven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True, true. He's like, "Well, this is a this is a letter. I think you can tell by context. This is a or a logogram or whatever we're calling it. Yeah, uh, you know, this is a logogram. It's very clearly. I'm not. You know, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't say I went to my mom seven dad's house. <laughs> you know that. Use the context clues. You know, Tiro and was, Cicero is like that. Is what I said actually. Yeah, yeah. I had seven. I dads. have seven dads. Yeah. <laughs> the Romans got wild. You know, it's what they did. I mean, I believe it. You could tell me anything if you're like, yeah. Most people had one mom and seven dads. I'd be like, sure, okay, <laughs> makes sense to me. <laughs> And plus, I I feel like it would have really hit him like a truck if he had been around for Arabic numerals coming in. And and then they start having sevens, you know, like, no, that's my aunt. Oh, geez. I I used it so much. It's in so much of my stuff. Oh, no. It's all unreadable now. Yeah, his like and all like everything was just a not like his the just looked like a nine and like all all the most popular <laughs> words just looked like Arabic numerals. It's actually a lot of people for a long time thought Tiro was a mathematician. We didn't really understand right. that he was writing <laughs> language. Like, mathematician who's terrible at addition and any <laughs> other form of mathematics. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or like they thought Cicero was a cool robot. Like, it just kept spitting out these numbers. He wrote them down. I don't know. That's what we got. Not even in binary, just numbers. Yeah, so many numbers. Yeah, Yeah, he was way ahead of his time. (laughs) Oh, your robot only makes zeros and ones? Yeah. Check out my Ciceronian robot back here. Cicerobot. Yeah, there we go. Cicerobot. Cicerobot. Yeah. Well, uh, and a little bit about Cicero for people, just I feel like his words are uniquely used and reused in at least like Europe and then in, in the Americas a lot. Uh, he lived 106 BC to 43 BC, but his his like speeches and writings and stuff, they were they were passed down so much over history that even that lorem ipsum filler text that people use in PowerPoint, digital printing and stuff, that's just lifted from some of Cicero's writing. Like he, that's him writing about the nature of good and evil, but we use it because it's like, well, this is the most important writer if you're obsessed with the classics. Like this is the guy. Huh. So he's still endured. He's not feeling bad about his little seven. Yeah. Cicero's (laughs) doing good. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. For being like 2000 years old, he's, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. He's going all right. Yeah. And so this guy, Tiro, 
and I, I don't know if anyone like does something similar even in the modern day, but it's this thing where Cicero is a statesman. He becomes the consul of Rome at one point, and so he's giving a lot of speeches. And Tiro attends the speech and writes it down. And in order to write it down fast, he worked out thousands of different shorthand symbols. There were symbols for words. There were symbols for entire phrases. There were symbols for entire sentences that are common. And so he just used this to rapidly note down whatever Cicero said. And then like other people kept using his system. Keith Houston says that at one point there was a like medieval update of Tiro's system that contained about 14,000 different glyphs. Wow. So it's it's like this he's this impossible like shorthand robot of a person who who did every word he could. The concept of shorthand, I don't get it. Like I I understand that it's a thing you have to learn. It just seems like magic to me. Like what? You can write at the same speed that people are talking and you know what it says? No. <laughs> I th- right. I think you're just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and his writing instruments, I assume were bad. Like, I can't write fast with a good pen, and he has, you know, some kind of quill or chisel or something. It seems <laughs> <Chisel>. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, presumably he wasn't shorthanding on stone, but that would be <laughs> truly amazing. That would rule. Cicero's talking, and you just hear like. Can you start again? I've missed everything since the first word. Tiro, keep it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then one of his main symbols was this like line to the right and then down to mean at to mean and. It became one of the main symbols from his shorthand that other people used. It became called the Tyronean at, which is very fancy. And so you see it in a lot of like medieval European texts and stuff. And it, it really only starts to go away once people are doing block printing. Because they don't do whole separate blocks mm. for like Tiro shorthand characters. They moved on from that. Printing press ruins it for everybody once yeah, again. Yeah, thanks so much, Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tiro's estate is just furious. They've been just coasting <laughs> on the et for 1,500 years. And then, ooh, Gutenberg comes along and he's right. just took away all our money. The Tyronean family is now. The Tyronean et is is Flash, and the printing press is the iPhone that refu- that is no longer going to support yeah, Flash. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there are like two weird cases, only one of them for sure, where the Tyronean et still pops up, and one of them is the Irish Gaelic language. It's I might my sources weren't super clear on why, but Keith Houston has pictures of like mailboxes and bilingual road signs in Ireland that have like the mailbox was like parcels, Tyronean at letters like those. They still just use that, I think, because it has some medieval roots as a language. Neat. So one place they still write it. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like I like when people hang on to something like that. Yeah, and it totally works. Like it's easier to draw than an ampersand, and I think way if you space easier. it right, so you know? easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the other way, this is probably just more of a weird coincidence, but computer keyboards kind of have it because there's a spot that most modern keyboards have an ampersand on, and a lot of times that's the same as the number seven. Right. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just looked down at my keyboard and my mind exploded. <laughs> right. 
And uh, and Keith Houston and others say that if you look back at past computers and past typewriters, sometimes it's with the seven, sometimes it's with the six, sometimes the ampersand somewhere else. But like, there's no evidence anybody ever said these should be in the same spot because a seven is kind of a Tyronean at. But on on my keyboard and a lot of people's keyboards, it's the same key. It's amazing. I'm just imagining that meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with all like the his yes. conspiracy board. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was picturing the Zach Galifianakis meme with all the numbers around my head. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> They're the same key. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's a little surprise to, you know, spice up people's keyboards. Very fun. Love it. And uh, that takes us into the last takeaway of the main show. Takeaway number three. The name ampersand came from lazy 1800s students. I need more information. I'm so curious. Seems way too long to be lazy. <laughs> hey, right. here's this lazy word. It's nine letters long. I don't even know if it's that many. Yeah, it's, it's three it syllables, whereas yeah. and is one. Yeah, this is yeah. this is horrible. I think that's why it always felt fancy to me, because it feels more like more way more of a flourish to say that than to just say it. And I think too, like like I said earlier, I think part of it is also like you learn what it is at different times. So it's like yeah. you feel really smart because you're like, I know it's not just called the and sign. I know <laughs> it's called the ampersand. So I think that's part of it too that gives it, like you say, oh. it gives it this sort of this sort of fanciness because it's a word you learn at sort of it's not an important word to know. So right. it's like some people will learn it earlier just by virtue of whatever. And then they're like, I'm smart because I know it's called an ampersand and not an and sign. It feels like you have a dangerous secret. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you and your book have a have a thing and nobody yeah. else knows. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, uh, and yeah, this comes from like the history of how ampersands were taught. I feel like I, I was trying to remember. I feel like even in grade school and stuff, our teachers never really spent time on it. They were like, it's the and sign. Great. But according to mental floss, for one thing, ampersand first appeared in an English language dictionary in 1837, um, like the word ampersand. And it's because starting in the 1700s in Britain and later in the U.S., there, you know, started to be more schools, more like primers and basic courses and teaching stuff like arithmetic and the alphabet. They, in the 1700s, started teaching ampersand as the 27th letter of the alphabet. Like, they, they gave it that uh, prominence and categorization. So it was all of A through Z, or A through Z, and then after that, ampersand. It was like the extra letter. But it's not a letter. It's a it's a weird sign. Yeah, Kat yeah. and I are both like in stunned silence right now. Like we I'm just, like, you can't do that. <laughs> it, it really messed up the alphabet song. Yeah. W X Y Z and ampersand. Basically, yeah, that, that's pretty much yeah. what happened. Uh, <laughs> and it it's also like we'll we'll link to it's an Australian really well researched blog called The Conversation where they they try to pin down where the alphabet song came from. It's kind of unclear, but it seems like before that kids would just recite the letters of the alphabet, and the system was you say all the letters, and then after X Y Z, you say the phrase and per se and. And this is more Latin because per se means by itself. So you're saying and by itself and 
is the the phrase so the, on the and end. and ampersand actually does mean and yes yeah that's what it means that's incredible <laughs> i don't know if i'm furious or impressed it's just more words on top of and to say and yeah that's it <laughs> Whoa. I'm not so, going to lie. There was a part of me that was a little skeptical that you could make the ampersand secretly incredibly fascinating, but this is wonderful. I love very nice of you so to say. Much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so this, so it would end and they would say and per se and, and then they got tired of saying all that. So then they were just like X, Y, Z ampersand. Yep. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Jeez. Kids were like, "I this is I'm sick of reciting the alphabet. Let's just let's just cut to the chase. We already did Z. I feel like we're done. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've never been happier and more angry in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I've both been happier and more angry, but this is uh, quite fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> you have yeah. to point out well, my hyperbole uh, here, John. <laughs> It's the English teacher in me, you know, I just can't help. But uh, no, it's no, it's that's crazy because it does seem it does seem wild to me that you would think that that needed to be in the alphabet song. Like it doesn't even or alphabet, whatever recital or, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that you would would, like why that and not like the I guess the doesn't have a logo. It doesn't have a. Yeah. But even then you you just you. like okay i guess my question is this like was it were people just always using this symbol for and and like never ever writing out and because i i feel like in now we don't really use the ampersand like you don't use it in formal writing like it's not allowed to be used in formal writing we don't really see it in journalism like it's almost exclusively used when you're describing like a pair um and uh, like like we were talking about the writers or whatever so I get like, so is it just because they didn't ever write and back then? Like it was almost always done in shorthand. And so then they felt like that symbol had to be in the alphabet. From what I can tell, they wrote both like they would write and, but also they would sort sort of like, I mean, it's, it's exactly like it. Like when we say et cetera, or when we use another loan phrase from another language, like, like you can say et cetera, or you can say, and other stuff like that, you know, they're both just in play. And so I think right. a Latin style at as an ampersand was in play, but nobody called it an ampersand yet. Jeez. They should have put all, wow. all the Latin stuff in the alphabet song. X, <laughs> Y, Z, et al, et cetera, sick, <laughs> and, you know, whatever, ampersand. <laughs> like death to tyrants. Whoa, hey, hey, yeah. hey, chill out. <laughs> Kids, <laughs> I'm just a teacher, all right? Very hey. political all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it definitely, I'm still amazed they taught ampersand like it's a letter. Because you really can just write and. You don't have to use it that way. Yeah, that blows my mind. None of the other letters are words. Well, I guess I is. And I, okay. Scratch <laughs> yeah. that a little bit. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But th- those are like so huh. boiled down. I mean, you know? oh, you could also make the case for oh, if we're you, you know, if we're singing a <laughs> religious song or <laughs> you know, praise, praising God. <laughs> yeah, and v- God really doesn't like including the H with the word O. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and uh, and also like trying to make it a letter leads to this slang where where kids, the way Keith Houston puts it, is they would just slur the final syllables. And then once people start doing that, then 
it's like not a clean transition into the word ampersand. There's a bunch of different slang that people try to make out of that mumbling and out of that like laziness. And the there's a book called the 1905 Dictionary of Slang and Colloquial English. And they recorded the following nicknames for this one thing. Ampersand and pussy and and passy and and pasty and passy and parse a percy and passy and passy anna ampian and ampusand ampazad and percy and amperzed and zumzi zan <laughs> like just all stuff people thought worked for it i mean there's some real real killers on there some really I can't good believe... <laughs> some really good ones i'm pissed <laughs> off we call it an ampersand and not an and pussy and <laughs> <laughs> yeah personally uh we really dropped the ball on that one <laughs> yeah we we've kind of sanitized it because the one last thing is that the other result of ampersand being considered the last letter is that apparently as soon as the name ampersand came along that became slang for the butt because like if ampersand's at the end, your butt is your end. And so like immediately people were like, oh, hey, I'm going to kick your ampersand, you know, like, like stuff like that with the slang. I love that humans have just been like this all along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for great. Sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For oh. sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. that almost to me, too, I'm just imagining like... Uh, to me, I went more not the kick my ampersand way, but like a classy lady Ooh. using ampersand, using ampersand, but like you know in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to say, you don't want to point out any, you know, you know, you don't want to say ass or butt. You want to be like my ampersand. You know? <laughs> so Please go like gentle really- on my ampersand this evening. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, exactly. That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Kat Angus and John Cullen for sharing the gift of their time and their histories as my fellow gifted kids. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the mysterious origins of the at sign. You know, the at sign, the email and social media thing. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than four dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring ampersands with us. Here is one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, the ampersand symbol is the Latin word for and. Takeaway number two, there is a secret second ampersand, and it pops up in surprising places. And takeaway number three, the name ampersand came from lazy 1800s students. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Kat Angus co-hosts the podcast, I Hate It But I Love It, I Hi by Lie. 
fantastic pop culture ideas and fun and so much more. Also, you can swing by catangus.substack.com for her wonderful newsletter. It's called Cat Watches Everything. And then John Cullen co-hosts a hilarious podcast called Blocked Party. It's all about hilarious stories of getting blocked on social media and, and you know, where that leads them to. Both Cat and John's podcasts are available if you just search the names in your podcast app, or you can follow the links at sifpod.fun. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article from the Smithsonian Archives website by Andrew Whitesell. A great book. It's titled Shady Characters, The Secret Life of Punctuation Symbols and Other Typographical Marks. That is by Keith Houston, and the and in that title is, of course, an ampersand. And another great book here, too. It's titled Just My Type, a book about fonts, and that book is by Simon Garfield. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. If you love this week's bonus show, at me about it would be very appropriate. Anyway, thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>